Welcome to Long Live the Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live the Music. Thank you for joining us on the show tonight. I, I told you we'd be back in two weeks, and guess what? Uh, we're back. It's a day over two weeks because yesterday was Labor Day. I'm talking like I'm in the future. We're actually recording this on Wednesday, August 31st. It's the day after my birthday. Uh, and I couldn't think of anything that I wanted to do more than talk about Taylor Swift again for the 19th time out of the last 20 podcasts, maybe. I don't know. We talk about Taylor a lot, but she announced a new album, and so we had to uh, jump on and uh, do some some speculating, which apparently we like to do now. Nadia uh, is back on the show. Nadia, welcome back. I missed your birthday. Oh, that's fine. Oops. Hi. Hey, uh, <laughs> it's okay. You you texted me about Paramore yesterday, though, um, and I feel like that's a good place to start before we get into Taylor Swift because we just did a whole podcast two weeks ago speculating wildly about when the Paramore album was going to come and what we were going to get. Um, what what did you learn recently? I have learned, and I quote from the Leak Co on Twitter: "The new Paramore single is due in September, according to our source." period, subject to change, end quote. But apparently, <laughs> like the record label, like one of the Atlantic like record label people liked the tweet, which means it's oh. accurate information. Wow. Okay. You are on top of it, as always, doing the hard work that uh, nobody else wants to do. Thank you. Well, we know that then... Potentially, it seems like we're getting Paramore, a new single in September. And then in October, unbelievably, we're getting a Taylor Swift album. And you could have talked me into that as being a thing, but I would have believed that it was the next Taylor's version album, which we've talked about, you know, whatever album of hers she's going to be doing next. But no, Sunday night at the VMAs, she wins the big award for video of the year for uh, the 10 minute version of All Too Well, gets up on stage and uh, tells us that at midnight, uh, we're going to learn more about this new album she has coming out in October. And lo and behold, the album is called Midnights. Um, I You texted me that night. I saw the text on Monday morning because um, I don't stay up. I, I haven't watched the VMAs and I don't know how long at this point. It's been a while. It used to be a thing that I, I watched every year, but I honestly can't remember the last time I watched it. But then something like this happens and it's like, oh, that's why I should be paying attention. So you... Were you actually watching the VMA Sunday night or did you just like see the buzz on Twitter or whatever when it happened? That was uh, something I found out about. Out, oh, wow. I found out about it on Twitter. Too many IT situations there. Um, no. So I, I don't have cable anymore. Um, I used to have YouTube TV and I would watch all the award shows. Like I would literally like download them the day before and just watch them whenever. Um, but I haven't done that in so long. I kind of miss it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, yeah, heard about it on Twitter. Very exciting. Yeah. I mean, my first thought here, and I went back and watched the clip, she had to have known that she was going to win for video of the year. Like this all had to have been like a setup in order to make this announcement. Because otherwise, like the announcement just happens online at midnight, presumably. Uh, but it wouldn't have had the same buzz to it as it had with her winning the award like that. Tell me I'm wrong about that. She had to have known beforehand, like, hey, Taylor, you're going to 
this is MTV. You're going to win the award. So uh, just so you know, but even then did, did she, even if she knew that how far in advance did she know it? She obviously knew she was putting out an album and when it was going to come out. I don't know. I just have a lot of questions about it, but I, if it does feel like it was a big setup, but it, it worked <laughs> like it, it was a really cool announcement. What are your thoughts? Well, in her speech, she did say, I did tell my crew if we win this tonight, it would be a good time to tell you. I wonder if she meant to just post it anyway. Um, but I was on the TikTok today. Um, and obviously, mm-hmm. everybody is all abuzz with mm-hmm. the Taylor news, um, as they always are. And somebody was saying that this was obviously the VMAs. It's been 13 years since the whole Kanye thing with the... Uh, I'm going to stop you right there, Beyonce, or whoever it was had the best video thing. It's been 13 years since that. So obviously, I don't know if I don't know if she pull, like was told that she was winning the award or just kind of decided to make the best of a situation. I don't I've never won an MTV award, so I don't know what they do. <laughs> like do they call are you sure maybe they do call and they're like, "Hey, by the way, like we're going to give it to you to start writing your speech." I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Well, she must I know. mean yeah, it it seems very plausible that MTV and Taylor's team and label work together to I mean, she's collaborate on this being an announcement. But nevertheless, it happened. I thought the rollout was actually awesome. The way that, I mean, just the whole, even the social media promotion part of it on her end seemed really cool. And I'm legitimately excited. I Again, I was prepared that we would find out that towards the end of the year, we'd get the next uh, Taylor's version album it's crazy that it's been as long as it has since we had red and we did a podcast when we did that and we're talking about what the next one was going to be i was i was speculating that it was 1989 um and she actually has released a taylor's version um track from that album and i was assuming that we were going to hear about that eventually but to get a whole new album of brand new music 13 tracks by the way uh is really delightful and the fact that we don't even have to wait that long it's less than two months away and honestly the some of my favorite Taylor Swift music like fits really well in the fall season. So I feel like this album is going to fit that mold as well. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Well, something people have noticed is um, the genre is not pop country, whatever it, it's actually rock. So people think this is going to be like a real hard hitter. Wait a minute. Uh, Tell me that again, because I, I don't think I've heard anything about this being a rock album. What is what is that about? Where's that coming from? That was also a TikTok thing. Somebody like pulled up the iTunes page for it. I guess it's not iTunes anymore, is it? It's Apple Music. It'll always be iTunes to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like the genre, you know how it has like the little tiny genre yeah. word underneath the name of the album? It says rock. So people were thinking that maybe it was actually going to be Karma that she's renamed into Midnight's um, or people are thinking that the two are connected. I don't know. Did well, we hear, did we talk about the Karma situation here yet? Probably. We haven't. Hold that thought. I do want to say that Apple Music is notoriously bad at getting the genre right. Uh, like this is a comical thing for me. I don't know if this is a thing that people ever talk about, but I've noticed it. Like if you look up Under Oath's albums, for instance, on Apple Music, like literally every single one has like a wildly different uh, genre name for it. And many of them like are not even close to accurate for what the actual album is. Um, So, you know, uh, yeah, maybe there's some rock elements here. I mean, she 
her music obviously has like drums and guitars, but I, I'm I'm not quite ready to assume that we're about to get uh, a rock album, whatever that means at this point. But nevertheless, uh, talk about the the karma thing. So before t- <laughs> I I don't I've become a Swifty by accident. Let's I just knocked on the table. Um, let's be clear here. This was an accident. Um, but so apparently before she released Reputation, which was what, 2017? And then the yep. whole thing with like the cause the whole thing with the, the phone call and the Kanye West song had happened. And so people say that she had an album called Karma that she was set to release. And then for some reason, either something happened, she didn't like something or the other. Uh, either way, something got in the way of Karma releasing. And she decided to release Reputation instead. So people think that she's supposed to release an album called Karma with and like the theme of the album is like a very like orange situation. Um, but like so be, be, like the, the basis for this is in what look what she made me do. She says, you know, um, another day, all the drama. She says, for me, all I think about is karma. So people keep saying like she all she's thinking about is releasing this like secret album that she's had in her back pocket. And so people are wondering if Midnight's and Karma are either the same or closely related. Yeah, that's interesting. I kind of don't believe it, but at the same time, same. The the thing. Well, let's actually talk about what we do know. I guess so. We here's what we do know. Midnight's is a collection of, as she calls them, the stories of thirteen sleepless nights scattered throughout my life. And the concept here is that these are songs, you know, allegedly according to the rollout here that she's written, you know, in the middle of the night. Uh, throughout the course of her life. So it does, I guess, lend itself to the idea that she didn't just write these songs in the past year, but that they've been written over time and now she's collecting them into an album together. So that that's one way of looking at it. And if you look at it that way, it's really interesting because then it's like, well, it could be, there's no way to pinpoint genre. It could be all over the place, right? Because, you know, what's a song that she wrote in the middle of the night at age 18 in the year 2000 whatever i mean it, you know or did she like kind of bring them all into the present day and sort of mold them into uh, one common sound but if the concept of the album is these nights throughout her life it does stand to reason that they might sound different and that they may have been written in years past perhaps around the time that you were just referencing i don't know if that makes any sense but um time will tell i guess exactly um but people i mean i'm deep into the lore right now like i'm trying to come (laughs) up for air um but people are saying that this is her 10th album there are 10 of her past songs that reference midnight being a thing um so everybody thinks that this has all kind of been leading up to (laughs) that is insane (laughs) leading up to um this stage in in her career here um i also saw somebody say that they think that she'll be done after she releases 13 albums i don't think that's true but that's another story for another day People need to stop, I think, with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think she's got more than three more albums in her. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll see. The The thing that um, Kyle Schultz and I had been talking about, or kind of the first thing that we discussed with this is, you know, a, a few years ago when we got Folklore and Evermore, it was such a drastic shift in Taylor Swift's sound in terms of like the pop 
direction that she'd been going. And then it was like this really sort of stripped down, you know, Americana indie, dare I say, kind of sound. And it worked so well that it was like, man, I, I wonder if she's kind of like taking a pretty hard career turn and, and going down that path. Part of me thinks Midnight's could fit into that mold, but part of me also wouldn't be shocked if she, if like the folklore era was just a one album thing, just like other albums of hers, I guess Reputation might be a good example. And, and this would be something completely different. Do you have, like, if you had to pick a sound of either Taylor's past work or something she hasn't done for Midnight's to encapsulate, like what direction would you like it or expect it to go? I'm kind of feeling like a, like an indie, like lo-fi kind of vibe. Mm, mm -hmm. I feel like she hasn't done that. I don't know. I think it like kind of not like smooth jazz, but (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) something super, something like super chill, a little synthy, you know? Yeah. Lo-fi beats to study to. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth jazz, the Taylor Swift and Kenny G collaboration album. No, the the interesting thing is just the idea of when you think about songs that you listen to at midnight, I mean, if you're just like at home by yourself and she, you know, the the whole rollout of this is very overdramatic and how she writes about it. Uh, We lie awake in love and and fear and turmoil and in tears. We stare at walls and drink until they speak back. You know, it seems like these are sad, difficult songs. And when you think about those types of songs at midnight, it's not like a happy poppy vibe, you know, um, I lo-fi as, as you just said, is a sound that I can totally envision, uh, these songs encapsulating. Um, but I, I do like the overall, as I've said, I like the overall concept of this, however it ends up turning out, we'll see, but I like the idea. I like the album name a lot. Um, and, and I just like the, whole concept of it i mean is that kind of your has that been your reaction as well honestly i'm kind of excited about it um i do wonder if she'll keep the track names like track one track two um or actually will release some other names but i kind of like the idea of like not knowing what you're gonna get until we get there Mm. like track one track two like when you get a mix cd and you have to like kind of search through and find out which song is which you know what i mean yeah like, I think well, that'll be an interesting vibe. I will say that I definitely had not even considered the song titles being track one, track two, track three. I I assumed those were placeholders. Uh, that would be pretty wild if she just like named her songs track one, track two. Uh, I mean, why not? Yeah. I, hey, uh, swing for the fences, Taylor. Um, what are What was your reaction to... I Again, I feel like everybody was so kind of like laser focused on Taylor's versions and what was happening there. Again, this is kind of a curveball. Were you bummed out that the Taylor's version things gets delayed at all? I mean, I, I think personally for me, I never understood why it had to happen all at once. I get the, well, I do get the reasoning from her side of like the sooner it happens, the sooner she owns those songs again. But at the same time, I also feel like it's a thing that you could just do over time. Um, and just kind of like pepper them in throughout, you know, years of your career. Um, and honestly, I think it's probably a good idea to pause it for a little bit just to get back to releasing new music. What was your, what were your thoughts on that? Again, like I'm not, I say I'm invested in the Taylor Swift situation, but I don't really have like any particular feelings about it, I guess. Like I'm, I'm excited that she's releasing new music, but it didn't, I guess I wasn't really shocked 
I don't know. I feel like she's one of those people who's always writing new music. So even if she's re-recording old stuff, I feel like she's always got something in the works anyway. Um, and we talked about the Vault albums, like how even those are kind of new albums in themselves with the unreleased yeah, stuff. Right. Um, but I, I feel like maybe she just kind of, I don't know, wanted something completely new. Might have been fun for her to kind of work on. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm surprised that she's releasing a totally new album. But she hasn't. I, I, I feel like I would be – I'm thinking out loud here. I feel like I would be more surprised if she had announced 1989 Reputation, whatever it is, Taylor's version, and then backtracked it and, and gone with a new album completely. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like she sure. hadn't announced anything, so it kind of was up in the air anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, hopefully we'll get a single soon. I would expect that we would get one next month, maybe the same day as Paramore. One of the wrenches that this does throw in – again, I feel like – like so many artists nowadays, like, you know, are announcing albums like many months before they release. Like Architects have a new album that's coming out literally the same day as Midnight's. But we've known that that's been coming out for like at least two months. So I kind of like that. I like the shorter wait time. I'm I'm almost like kind of getting over learning that a new album's coming and then having to wait six months to hear it. So I'm excited there's going to be a quick turnaround here, but it really does throw a wrench into things because, you know, we're coming down that the stretch in the fall where like artists are kind of releasing big albums heading into the holidays. And, you know, for everybody that was kind of planning an October release well in advance to suddenly find out like, Oh, here comes Taylor. Uh, kind of like Adele does when she releases a new album is just kind of like a, a bull in a China shop almost of like the whole cultural conversation can get pretty swallowed up in one artist and Taylor's one of those artists. So it'll be interesting to see bands like Paramore or everybody else that, potentially might have some plans for later this fall, how that impacts things. Um, because Taylor's definitely going to be owning the, uh, I guess the, we'd call it the spooky season. That's another great thing. Midnight, nighttime, Halloween, right? Is that a thing? I don't know. It is. I'm, I'm reaching, but, uh, but yeah, I, do you feel like this is going to cause any ripple effect with other things that we might've been, or we haven't even heard about that are coming this fall? Probably. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be in a bad way. I know that I'm still going to be excited for Paramore. And I know all of us Paramore people are going to literally trample the Taylor Swift fans over the Paramore album because it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like Paramore we people. deserve that. <laughs> I say um, we being a Swifty and a Paramore friend. Like, you, sh- you should make some t-shirts. We should sell some t-shirts on It's All Dead that say Paramore oh people. Oh my gosh! Probably a copyright infringement. I don't think probably. We can do that, but. Uh, she probably Haley wouldn't mind. I, as though I know her. Well, <laughs> as we mentioned on the last pod, she potentially listens to this podcast. So Haley, reach out and let us know uh, your thoughts on the t-shirt idea. Um, Huge news though: her last episode of the Everything Is Emo podcast comes out this week. Oh wow! Maybe we should have so, waited to do this podcast till after so that. So my th- <laughs> my theory. My theory about new single being at the end of the last podcast episode is is imminent. It's yeah. it's coming. It's about to be dropped into my lap. Here's be the true. here's the best case scenario for all of this. We know that Haley and and Taylor have a a friendship. I guess. I mean we we've seen them in the same place at the same time. We've seen Haley singing at a Taylor Swift birthday party. I believe um, you she know, was in the Bad Blood video. That's right. There was that too. So they they have a relationship. What if there's like 
What if Paramore goes out on the road with Taylor? Um, uh, that's week? not going to happen, certainly. Oh, my God. What if the new Taylor Swift single is the last single on Everything is Emo? <laughs> it's not Paramore. Don't get excited. It's actually Taylor Swift, though. Yeah, that would be that would be something. That's definitely not happening. Well, we'll know a lot more uh, in the coming months, and we'll definitely talk about it as uh, as it's happening. Um, you know, speaking of artists kind of like taking a, a left turn, one of the albums that came out since the last time we talked was the new Panic at the Disco album, Viva Las Vengeance. Uh, it's been had a pretty divisive response. There's been people that have been really into it. Uh, our own Kyle Schultz wrote a review, gave it four and a half out of five stars, said it's all dead. Go check out the review. Actually, really liked his review. I'm not a fan of Viva Las Vengeance. I don't know if I'm even going to listen. I've, I've listened. To, I feel like I've heard enough to know that I don't really want to hear it anymore. Uh, but Kyle made a really compelling case for uh, what's good about it. Um, so you should check that out. But you know, again, from going in a extreme pop direction to a complete and utter left turn. Um, into something that we never would have expected, the sort of like Queen and 70s rock inspired um, spectacle, which is interesting based on, you know, their second album, Pretty Odd. But yeah, uh, I saw a lot of different reactions to it. I The only reaction I got from you was a single text message where you, uh, I don't remember what you said specifically, but it was clear that you didn't like it. Um, what were your What were your thoughts on it? More expansive than you not liking it, I guess. Um, I mean, inspired is such an interesting word to use. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was good at all. Um, I'm trying to find the text message. Oh, it just says, okay, new panic is bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't listened to the whole thing, um, because I just dislike it so much. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't like it because I didn't really mind the whatever. What what was the last album? Pray for I the can't, wicked. Pray for the wicked. Yeah, I, it was fine. Like pray for the wicked was fine. Um, I don't go back to it. I am fever. You can't sweat out. Pretty odd. Um, vices and virtues. And then like I can hang with like the later. Actually, no. I like. Is it too rare to live? Too young to die? Too young to live? Too rare? Whatever it is. Yeah. That one. Those are the good four albums. And then everything else after that is kind of like take or leave. I did like Death of a Bachelor, um, but this one is just. I don't know. It's like he. It's like he heard that we kind of liked Pray for the Wicked and was like, okay, let me lean all the way into that side of my career. But I don't think he should have done that. I think he should have leaned back. Um, and well, from what I understand, he like doesn't take care of his voice, and you can really tell on this uh, album. It's he's kind of hurting. Yeah, it's kind of that's weird. I I thought he sounded kind of bad on the album. I know uh, I'd seen at, on uh, Chorus FM, uh, Jason Tate had mentioned how like grading the vocals were for him, and I'd heard other people confirm that as well. I didn't feel like that it was like nails on a chalkboard, but there were certainly points where I was like, really, that was like the best performance they could get like for the album. Um, and I've seen Panic of the Disco live in the not too distant past and have noted uh, how great of a live performer he is. But it's interesting if he's just kind of like let it go because like his voice is kind of the thing that he has going for him. Um, so if that's in jeopardy, then uh, that's definitely going to be kind of a weird thing. But yeah, you know, there were some songs I liked and was like, OK, this is all right. And then there were songs that I just thought were 
some of the worst that he's he's done. So uh, it is what it is, whether you like it or not. Uh, it's out there. We also got the new Demi Lovato. Um, I know you'd been listening to that too. I've gotten, I haven't even gotten all the way through it yet, but I kind of like it. I like how versatile she is. She's kind of like Halsey in that way, where she can, you know, put out. A, an album that's like completely different from what you've heard before and you still kind of enjoy it. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Uh, I haven't listened to it in a couple of days. I did listen to it on release day. I thought it was good. Um, 29 is a real hard hitting track. Um, like for sure. I know that's like the last single that she released. Um, but like all these kids like coming out now, like Jeanette McCurdy with her book um, and Demi Lovato releasing 29. Like I, this generation of like newly adult child stars are really not playing around. Um, and I'm glad for that for them. Um, I don't know how I feel about the album as a whole. I feel like it's been a while since we've had rock dummy. Um, so I don't know. And especially given the turn that she took with her last album that we did do a podcast on, um, felt kind of left field for me, but I thought it was good. Well, uh, we got uh, got some time before Taylor comes. We're going to be talking about some other things on uh, some podcasts coming around the corner. Um, but for now, we'll wrap it up um, and eagerly anticipate Midnight's coming October 21st, I think. Yeah, October 21st. Just had to double check. Um, Nadia, thanks for hopping on the podcast um, so we could chat about this. And uh, always a pleasure to chat. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, head on over to itsalldead.com. We've suddenly been like cranking out content lately. So if you haven't been to the site in a while, we've got some new reviews up, uh, some event reviews. Obviously, our podcast is rolling. So uh, come check us out, itsalldead.com. That's going to do it for this show. I'm Kyle Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at It's All Dead. And of course, Come visit our website, itsalldead.com.